all right. I ask you not to get scared. I haven't talked from this uh, for, for a while, but this is going to be the beginning of something great that we're going to experience in the next two months. Because I'm going to talk about, in this month, I'm going to talk about winning and giving. This is the season for giving. That's what they tell me. This is Christmas. Y'all going out buying everybody these gifts. You're giving to other people. And many of us, we're going to be giving from our heart. So this is season for giving, right? I want to talk about winning and giving. Uh, at the first beginning of the year, I want to talk about uh, first fruit. I want to, I want to make, clarify some things so people can understand what first fruit is all about. In the process, I want to also talk about uh, why people sow on the altar. I want to give you the biblical reason for that. And insight, because some people say, "I don't know why these people do this, do that," and I and I think as pastors, leaders, we owe it to you to explain why things are done throughout Scripture. Amen. And so we need to take time out to do that anytime we teach on anything that's controversial, and it don't have to be; we just make it that way. But for a subject today topic, I want to use this. God expects his people to give. Say that with me. God expects his people to give. All right, let's make it personal since we won't speak for everybody else. Say this with me. God expects me to give. All right, we make it personal. So we won't have to, you know, put it on nobody else. But God expects his people to give. Oh, Lord, it's going to be boring. No, it's not. No, it's not. Malachi, the third chapter. Let's go there. Don't get scared. A homeless man was looking for a, a handout one day in the picturesque old English village. He was hungry, almost to the point of fainting, when he stopped by a pub called the Inn of St. George and the Dragon. And he knocked on the kitchen door of the pub, of the, you know, the place, the club there. A lady answered the door and he said, please, ma'am, could you spare me a bite to eat? And she yelled back at the man, why would I give a sorry, smelly beggar a bite to eat? Get out of here. And she then slammed the door in his face. And the man began to leave when he noticed the sign of the pub against which says St. George and the Dragon. And so he turned around and went back and knocked on the door again. And the same lady opened the door and was surprised to see him again. And she yelled, now what do you want? And he said, well, ma'am, I like to try to speak with St. George this time. Some of y'all get that next week. She was a dragon. When the subject of giving or money is mentioned in church, it can sometimes make people feel like the dragon instead of St. George. As a matter of fact, I think most of us probably get a little more you know, riled up about the subject of giving in the church than we do about the subject of hell. Yeah. 
Talking about money isn't an issue with most people as long as you're talking about someone else's money. And when the richest man, the richest man in the America list comes out every year, we see names like Bill Gates on the list. And there's always a controversy about what people like him should do with his money. And we like to talk about what other people should do with their money. But the conversation becomes a little different when the subject turns to our money. And we think it's this really a topic to be covered in church. I think so. It's interesting to see how some stats of giving in the Bible, one-sixth of the gospel and one-third of Jesus' parable addresses the subject of Christian stewardship. And to be honest with you, I believe so many Christians get nervous about the subject because deep down they know that they are not as genuine, genuous as they should be. And then others are nervous, get nervous because they didn't realize that giving their life to Christ meant you gave him everything. So today in our passage of scripture, we're going to see the importance that places on giving for those who are followers of God. I want to talk to the Christians today. I want to talk to those who are following Jesus. Those who say that they have sold out. To the Lord. In our text, we'll see a few facts given about giving that can be helpful for us as we move forward. Now, I want to read out of the Good News translation, which I've never read this out this uh, in teaching before in in this setting. Uh, but I want to read it for because some of you you get scared when we read it out of the King James version. So I want to you know uh, help you a little bit. Out of the good news. So look up at the screen because you may not have that verse. You may have it, but okay. Look what it says. Verse 7. You like, you like your ancestors before you have turned away from my laws and not kept them. Turn back to me and I will turn to you. Is that fair enough? But you ask, what must we do to turn back to you? Verse 8. I asked you. Is it right for a person to cheat God? He uses the word cheat instead of steal, instead of rob, but we'll get back to that. Of course not, yet you are cheating me. You, you, you feel more comfortable with cheating. How, you ask, in the matter of tithes and offerings. You see that? Now, when it comes to tithe, you know, uh, I'm going to give you a definition of tithe, but many of us already know what that means. But when you see the word offerings, the Bible speaks of many, a lot more offerings than it does tithe. Did you not know that the church cannot make it solely off of the tithe? That's why he says, and offerings. That's why when you look at some church, that man, how they get to be, build that and got schools and got this and got that? It's because they have people who are giving offerings 
above and beyond the tithe. But many churches don't take the time out to study all of the different offerings that they did in the Old Testament. And it's, a, it's about principle. Say that with me, principle. They had goodwill offerings. They had sacrificial offerings. They had first fruit offerings. There are many different offerings that the Bible talks about, but many churches don't take the time to study all of the different offerings and what they meant and what, who they went to and why did they have to take them up and why did they do it and who it was for and the whole nine yards. Well, hopefully during some time or another, and, and I've gone over the offerings before, but sometime or another, we're going to hit a lot of this so that you can get a more, little bit more clarity on what you're supposed to be doing as a God follower. Are you still with me? All right. So I know where I am. Verse 9. Look what it says. A curse is on all of you because the whole nation is cheating me. All right? So everybody was cheating. I want to tell y'all something. Everybody in the winning church ain't cheating. Back then, everybody was robbing God, and that's why he was so angry. But in the winning church, everybody's not robbing God. Well, who are they, Bishop? I don't even know. Only you know sit up in here right now. Whether you tried to cheat God, steal from God, or rob God. I'm going to get back to that word rob. Well, I'm dealing with cheating now, so you can receive this. Verse 10, he said, bring the full amount of your tithe to where? The temple. So that there will be plenty of food there. Put me to the test and you will see that I will open the windows of heaven and pour out on you in abundance all kind of good things. Say that with me. In abundance, all kinds of good things. Say it again. In abundance, all kind of good things. One more time. In abundance, all kinds of good things. I don't know no church member that don't want it in abundance and all kinds of good things. Verse 11 says, I will not let insects destroy your crops or your vine, your grapevines will be loaded with grapes. Then the people of all nations will call you happy because your land will be a good place to live. I don't know what you're talking about. Where the, where the tithers and offering givers are, that's a good place to live. So let me give you a little background. Since you're looking at me and I'm looking at you. The Jewish people had returned to Israel after spending 70 years in the captivity in Babylon. But after a period of time, their zeal for God started to wane and the people got slack in their obedience to the Lord. Who got slack in their obedience to the Lord? They were living as though obedience to God was optional. Uh-oh. 
We're here in Warner Robins. There are people that believe that being obedient to God is optional. But obedience is a requirement. Say that with me. Obedience, obedience. is a requirement. And one of the areas where the people had been disobedient to God was in their area of tithes and offering. So Malachi shared with the people some reason why giving, a require, giving is a requirement, not optional. Say that with me. Giving, giving. is a requirement and not optional. So, what are the reasons, Bishop? I'm going to give you three. Hallelujah. Because I don't know how much you're going to be able to take. I could give you five or six, but that's this going to be enough. The first reason, it's in your notes. You already got them. The first reason the tithe is required is because, number one, God commands we tithe. Say that with me. God, God commands, commands that we tithe. That we tithe. I, want, I want you to understand. God doesn't need our money. He's already the owner of everything we got. Are you still with me? He made this, this world, and it, is, it all belongs to him. Everything that you see belongs to him. So understand that tithing isn't about money. Say that with me. Tithing isn't about money. Well, what is it about, Bishop? It's about obedience. Tithing is not about money. It's about obedience. You made it about money. God made it about obedience. So God called for his followers to give back to him a tip, a tithe. And you know what tithe means. It means what? 10%. Now, contrary to popular belief, preachers didn't come up with this concept. We didn't come up with it. This was here before I got here. I'm reading out of an ancient book that was way, way before I got here. This book was already printed. And I didn't just, when I got here in 1962, I guess what, I'm going to start me a church and I'm going to come up with the word tie. So the people at the winter check and tie. No, I didn't, I didn't come up with this. This is God doing. And I'm not trying to make a sale pitch to you. This isn't, the, you know, your, uh, Jerry Lewis telethon or nothing like that where, you know, we'd be asking you to give. No. The tithe is a command that comes from God. Where did it come from? God. So if you're mad at anybody, don't be mad at the preacher. Be mad at God. Now listen to what we, 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 we're told about, uh, you know, this command. In Leviticus 27 and 30, would you put that up on the screen? It said, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Here's the principle. Everything that comes to your hands that brings addition 
brings uh, something that will add to your life should be tied to the Lord. That's the principle. It's holy to the Lord. You want to make sure so. It stay that way. Because you know in Genesis, God called for man to be the steward of the earth, right? You remember reading that in Genesis, right? And this sets a precedent to show us that we're not owners of things around us. We're merely stewards or caretakers. And that includes our finances. Well, then why does God want us to give him a tenth of what we have? Because, listen to me real good. When we tithe, we're showing that we recognize all the things are his. What does it do, Bishop? Glad you asked. It shows our submission to his will instead of our own. You're not going to tie to you submitting to your own will. But when you submit to the will of God, then you don't struggle. And the people in our text were struggling with it as well. And since they returned home, Israel had been quite as prosperous as they hoped she would. They hadn't been the prosperous they thought they were going to be. And it seemed as though the people who were ungodly was doing better than the people who were trying to live by the commands of God. Does that sound familiar? And I thought the same thing as well. But you know what that is? It is just me simply making excuses, making excuses as to why I can't be obedient to God. And when tithing is discussed, it is real easy to start making excuses as to why you can't do it. And we say things like, well, hey, you know, I love to tithe, but I just don't have enough money to make in meat. You know, I got to pay bills, pay my bills, and if, if, uh, if I tithe, I can't pay them. I got kids in college, and I got to get them through school. And believe me, I understand all that. Huh? It's scary giving away money when you live in a tight budget. Would you agree with that? But let me tell you something. God has commanded that his children tithe, that his children give, and no matter how you slice it, are you listening to me? Huh? Not to tithe is an offensive to God. There was a church member having trouble with the concept of tithing, and one day he revealed his doubts to the pastor. And he said, Pastor, I just don't see how I can give 10% of my income to the church when I can't even keep on top of my bills. And the pastor said, Well, John, if I promise to make up the difference in your bills if you should fall short, do you think you could try tithing for just one month? And after a pause, John said, 
could do that for a month if you promise to make up any short shortage. And so the pastor said, then said, isn't that strange that you trust a mere man like me who possesses so little materially, but you could trust, you couldn't trust your heavenly father who owns the whole universe. If I made you the promise, you'd say, hey, yeah, I think I can do it. But God done made your promises all this time, and you can't trust him for nothing. God's offended because when we don't tithe, we're showing that we don't trust him to meet our needs. Philippians 4 and 19. I got the hush ministry on me today. It's quiet. It's quiet. Hush. Listen. Shh. Philippians 4 and 19. We ain't hollering and running today. And my God shall supply all your needs according to what? His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So how serious of, of, of an offense it is not to tie. Malachi said, it's robbing God. Now, I start off with the word cheat. But cheat to steal and to rob has variations of intensity when you use a certain word. Our writer in the scripture chose the word, chose the word rob. Why? Because cheating may be a lesser offense. You can cheat somebody and they really don't know it. Or you can cheat somebody and they say, well, you know, that's just them. Then stealing, most people, the people who steal don't like folk that steal. To steal from somebody you might break in their house and take it while they're not there or whatever like that. And you stole from somebody or, you know, you were in their house and you, while they weren't looking and you, you, you took it. But to rob somebody, it gives the meaning that both are present. The person that's doing the robbing and the person that's being robbed. So when you rob God, you're doing it in his face. You intended to do it, and you know you're supposed to be giving your tithes and your offerings, but you don't do it even though you know you do it, and you did it in his face. You come, it's like you took a gun and held him up. And you know you were doing it. And he knows you were doing it. And that's why he asked the question, will a man rob me? Got a lot of folks, they singing in the choir, just the biggest robbers in the church. Folk on the deacon board, just a deacon robber. Got robbing ushers. Huh? Got robbing band members, rob, robbing singers. They just singing the house. And folks are just dancing all across the there and dancing until their arches fall and just robbing God. Dancing to the knees buckle and just, just robbing God. 
many cheering ministers just are big robbers. Hallelujah. Y'all don't worry about me. I'm all right. I ain't trying to be politically correct or nothing like that. I ain't trying to win no populated contest. That's a pretty serious offense. It's robbing the creator of all things. And robbing the one who is greater than all things. Doesn't sound like he's one you want to steal from. Think about it. It's like this. How wise would it be for me to walk up to George Foreman and pick a fight? How many of y'all feel like I can take him? Do you know how big George Foreman is? And he hit in his hand about as big as my head. So he hit me. My head probably going to explode. I hear y'all talking about don't do it, Bishop, please. And none of you would believe that. You'd say, well, Bishop, now that would be a foolish and an embarrassing mistake. We love you, Pastor, but don't do it. And those of you who follow Jesus, I, I'm here to tell you it's a foolish mistake when we rob God. Because the Jews weren't giving God the tithe. Their land was going through severe drought. If I was suffering drought and God told me, all you got to do is give me 10%, the top part of what you get, and I'll make sure that everything always flourish, I would take that part. It seemed to me that would be the wisest thing to do. <laughs> the crops were dying, and I believe the same thing is happening today. Some of you are wondering why your spiritual lives feel dead. And when you pray, you don't feel as though your prayers, you know, go any higher than the ceiling. You're facing difficulties in your life that you don't know how to handle. And it very well could be the reason why is because you're robbing God. Folks, God commands his people to give. And when he tells us to follow him, it means to follow him with every bit of our lives. That's a part of following him. It is easy to do. No, but he never said it would be. Since you've been saved, it ain't been easy for you to obey God and everything. Jesus said in Luke 9 and 23, let me give you some scripture because y'all ain't looking right. If anyone would come after me, y'all see that? He must what? Deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Even though your flesh crying. No, don't give that. You need that. Uh-uh, I'm going to follow the leading of God. I have experienced where you give and it do hurt. 
And some of you say, I ain't never experienced that. That's because you don't give. So the first reason Christians are required to tithe is because God command we tithe. Now, second reason, I told you I had three. Second reason Christians are required to tithe is because, number two, the tithe blesses the recipient. Ooh, ooh, it's about to get gooder now. I know that's not proper English. So the tithe blesses the recipient. So a question for some of you might have is, who's supposed to receive the tithe? Obviously, we don't just handle it directly, hand it directly into God's hands. So where does it go? Look at verse 10. It tells us our tithe is to go to the storehouse. Now the question is, what is the storehouse? The storehouse was the treasury room of the temple. It was the place where the offerings and the tithe were stored. And the tithes were used to take care of the priests and to provide important ministries outside of the temple. So now where would the storehouse be today? The storehouse would be the church. And the tithes ought to be used to help maintain the church, but also to perform ministries outside the church building. And do you realize that when a tithe is given at the winning church, that a percentage of it goes to help others and the misfortune and to help tell others about Jesus. But the tithe blesses the recipient. So, Bishop, who are the recipients? Look down your row and, and look at the people that's sitting on that row. Pitch yourself. You the recipient. Tithe bought this building. Tithe kept us with water running when that pipe bu bust up under the foundation when it caused us thousands of dollars. We had to have a specialist to come in here to fix that so you could keep having church. Tide did that. Tide fixed all of these air conditioning tons in here when all of them done went out all at one time or another. Tide did that. Tide fixed that building when it got flooded. We had to tear all the walls out and the floor and put all new fixes in there. It's ready to go now, so when we get ready to have our Sunday school, it's ready. Tide did that. Tide give folk food. Tide help folk get uh, between blessings. Tide does that. Tide keep these lights on and keep all of this here. Goodness expensive. Go back in that room over there. My God, all that expensive stuff in there. Y'all get your phone and everything on this screen. LED this and LED that. I'm telling Tide do all that. One preacher came here and visited our church. He told me out the church, said, man, you blessed over here. He said, man, I looked up there. He talking about one of them screens right there, pray for my whole church. <laughs> he messing with me, right? But I'm not apologizing for what God done done because you being obedient. Tired employing people here at the temple. Ty bought all them bands and buses and stuff out there. Ty put that black gold out there that y'all ride up on out there. Out there. 
That parking lot in the front and in the back, that black gold. Tide pay for all these buildings that you got connected over here to my left over here of tides. You're the recipient. Then does somebody put a bug in your ear? The devil, that's it. Well, you know, you ain't gonna, I wouldn't be giving that man all my time. Way to time. If you go to any church, you'll see where it's going. You'll see whether it's going there or it's not going there. We have not had to beg one time. We have not had to close the doors one time uh, begging because folk are not doing what they're supposed to do. Now, we get a little low sometimes, but we ain't got to beg nobody for nothing. Because if people will trust God and all the believers do what God say do, it's not about money. It's about obedience. We'll never have to ask for nothing because tithes and offerings will continue to flow into the storehouse. And you should get happy because the tithe blesses the recipient. Yeah. It get hot, we put air on. It get cold, we put heat on. It get dark, we turn the light. We got several different sets of types of lights. Hallelujah. Recipient. How you let people talk you to and, and the devil move you like that? Well, I'm gonna miss this much. They don't need my, they don't need my time. You don't know. It ain't about what we need from you. It's about you obeying God. Are y'all all right? Not only does our giving ministers to the people spiritually, but also physically. And sometimes we just don't realize the great effect of our giving as on the lives of others. And I'm afraid what happens is that when we look at giving like it's another bill, we have to pay and miss seeing the big picture, which is the greater blessing that is caused in other people's lives. When you give, my God, let me encourage you to look at the big picture. The picture is bigger than you. It's larger than you. Thursday night, we went over, uh, you know, John Thomas has the ministry of the homeless shelter. And see, that's what's wrong with churches. We need to know that, hey, whatever God gives us that is a calling, a specific calling in our lives, we need to learn how to support each other. Right. See, now his thing is the homeless shelter. And he's been doing it for 24 years. Almost, but how many years we've been doing the school? 24 and 24. So our thing is the school. His thing is the shelter. And so I asked, I asked uh, 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 Pastor John, I said, listen, what's your budget? What do you need tonight? What is that? What's your need? And he leaned over to me and said, I need $20,000. Now, I know the city used to help, 
And it's a shame that they stop because the homeless ain't stopped. But this man need help. He says overall, overall budget was $38,000, but he needed twenty dollars that, that night. I report to you, we didn't get twenty, but we got eighteen. Right. See, you have not because you ask not. I challenge those people to give right then and there because it's a need in this city. You don't know, listen, a lot of us, we, we just two paychecks away from homelessness. A lot of folks don't have no six months and, and 12 months saved up. Now, some of y'all do because I've been teaching long enough for you to have it. And if you don't, shame on you. But everybody ain't fortunate like you. So Jesus said, the poor you have what you always, that means that we need to be t paying attention. You got to, you know, have, you know, a concern and care for people other than yourself. You got to become unselfish. And most folk in America have been trained to be selfish. Train our children to be selfish. I ain't sharing with you. That's mine. No, you teach your children how to share. Hallelujah. Well, the reason why I don't share because my mama don't share nothing. Oh, I see the problem now. That's right. That's what they taught. That's what little Eli said. Sharing is caring, Papa, except when he got his stuff. <laughs> Only when it benefits him. So we got to do that. We have a Christian school. I believe other churches, if that's not their thing, they need to rally around Amen. and help out. Because we all in this thing together. Yeah. God, help me through this. There was an American shoe salesman he went to Africa to sell some shoes. And when he got there, he was angry for having ever gone there. The reason why was because as he walked around the village, everyone there was barefooted. And he called his boss back in the States and said, get me out of here now. And nobody wears shoes in this part of the world. And so they brought him home and, and hired a new salesman and sent him over. And when he got there, he looked around and he also noticed no one was wearing shoes. But his response was totally different. He ran back to his room and grabbed the phone to call his boss. And when his boss answered the phone, he said, send me more shoes, send me more shoes, send me more shoes. Everyone here needs them. There are people all around us who are walking around without Jesus. And as you give, think of the big picture. Remember, lives will be changed for an eternity through your faithfulness in giving. One man saw it one way, and another man saw it 
So the first reason Christians are to tithe is because what? God commands that we tithe. Second reason is because of what? Tithe blesses the recipient. And the final reason Christians are to tithe is because it blesses the giver. Write that down. It blesses the giver. Remember in our text that Israel was going through a drought because they weren't giving their tithes and offerings to God. But God told Malachi that if the people would just give, he'd make the land productive again. And that he'll pour out his blessings upon them that they won't have room enough to receive. I don't know about you, but I am ready to win in my giving. I believe we should be winning in our giving. I don't think that there's anyone here today who doesn't want to be blessed by God. I coveted God's blessings on my life, and this is the church's life. So how do we go about receiving the blessings of God? I'm glad you asked. Here's how. By being obedient to him. One of the areas where we're to be obedient to God is giving in tithes. I notice in verse 10, he says, bring the full tenth. Everybody say the full tenth. It doesn't say bring the full eighth percent. It doesn't say the full two percent. It says bring the full tenth, and that's pretty clear to me. God's not interested in a tip. He's interested in obedience. But God has a promise for us in the midst of our obedience. Oh, I like that. God keeps his promises. In the midst of your obedience, God said, I got a promise that I made to you that I'm going to release to you as soon as you obey. Obedience is the trigger. That's the release valve. That's the release button that you got to push in order that God releases promises from your obedience. So what is the promise? I'm glad you asked. God says that he'll bless us. Apparently, the people of Malachi days weren't any different than us. They were skeptical about God's ability to bless them just like we are. And God basically respond to the skepticism by saying, test me, believe it, try it out for yourself, right? Obey, be obedient to me and see what will happen. And before you say, don't believe it, try it for yourself and see what happens. You know what he tells me. He says that God's confidence that he will come through on what he says, and when God makes a promise, he keeps it. How many believe God made some promises to you? How many believe that God keeps his promises? If you believe God keeps his promises, it should not change your obedience to him. I'm going to obey God even though I don't understand the avenue or the area where he's taking me. How he's taking me, why he's taking me, who he's taking me to, that is not my department. My department is to be obedient to God because I'm confident that God is confident that he's going to come through for me every time he say that he's going to come through. Can you say amen? 
Joshua 21 and 45 tells us, none of the good promises the Lord had made to the house of Israel fail. Everything was fulfilled. I'm here to tell you that every promise that God made you, everything will be fulfilled. Somebody shout that out. Everything will be fulfilled. Everything was fulfilled in their day. God does not lie. Tell somebody on your God does not lie. lie. Hebrews 6 and 18 tells us it's impossible for God to lie. Simply put, when God said he'll bless us, that's exactly what he'll do. The Jews had trusted in their own ability. Uh Uh-huh. And look where it had gotten them. It got them in a heap of trouble physically and spiritually. You cannot trust in your own ability. It is God that will bless you, baby. It's God that woke you up this morning. It's God that gave you the blood that's running warm in your vein. It's God that caused you to open your eyes this morning. It's God that gave you the ability to get up on your own two feet. It's God that gave you the ability to walk. It's God that gave you the ability to talk. It's God that gave you the ability to move your activity of your, have the activity of your limb. It's God that caused you to keep on moving in this life. So why not give God your best praise all day long, even though you understand what he's doing when he's doing it? It's not my department to understand everything. And you might be just like that. You might be placing all of your faith in yourself and what do what what you can do, trusting in your own ability to pull you through whatever need you might have. But I want to tell you something. You will never be greatly blessed by God until you let God reign in your life, until you give God control of everything you got. I'm telling you that if you give God everything you got, You'll never go without. You'll never be alone. You'll never say, I ain't got nothing. Because when Jesus said in Acts 20 and 35, I'm coming in now. It is more blessed to give than receive. Somebody shout that at me. It's more blessed to give than receive. Now, y'all know what that means. When you got it, you can give it. I thank God that I'm giving because I got it. Uh, It's more blessed to give than receive because you can't give nothing you don't have. Thank you, Lord, for always supply. You supply my every need. You supply me day in and day out. You are my supplier. Can you say amen? Uh, There's no doubt that one of the most satisfying things is to do is to give. Uh, Yes, yes, yes. Some of you may remember Aesop's favor about the old crow who was out in the wilderness looking for something to drink and it was hot outside and he hadn't had anything to drink in a long time and as he was flying around he spotted a jug sitting on the ground and he approached uh, the jug and looked into it and noticed a little water at the bottom of the jug and excitedly he put his beak into the jug only to realize he couldn't reach the water and so guess what he did he began to pick up pebbles lying around over uh, the ground and one at a time he put it into the the, the jug and one by one the pebbles began to acclimate uh into the jug uh, until the water in the bottom uh, rose to the top and the old crow was able to 
drink the water. Can you say amen? And I think that this is a parable of the way of God has chosen to work out his plan in our lives. See, uh, God calls us to give to him what we have. And at the first hour, giving might not seem that sufficient. It might seem like our giving to God is a waste of time. But I do know that if the old crow hadn't been willing to give the pebbles, he wouldn't, he would have died of thirst. Sometimes you got to give something in order for something else to rise to the top. Who am I talking to in here? So as you give faithfully to God, his blessings will come uh, our way and our thirst for a meaningful life will be satisfied by the blessings of God. I'm here to tell you uh, I am living proof. Uh, First lady is in living color. That if you give to the Lord, the Lord will uh, elevate your life. Can you say amen? Our part is simply to trust that the blessings of God will come our way. I believe it with all of my heart, dear friends, that when you trust God and obey God, the blessings of God will come your way. And people will get upset with you. People will get jealous of you. People will turn their lips up at you. They'll twist their mouth at you. They'll shucks at you. And they'll do all those things because they'll say that you don't deserve what you deserve. But if they obey God like you obey God. They'll do get what you got. Can you say amen? Stop turning your nose up at people and hate no folk and start loving on them and see what they're doing so you can get what they got because God has no respect to person. If you will do it, he'll do it back to you. Talk back to me in here. And then I close. Christians, this message has been mainly directed towards us. And I hope that you leave here today with a better uh, idea why you're called to give. See, tithing, tithing isn't an option for the believer. It is a command. Can you say amen? But it comes with benefits. But it is a good one. There are three reasons why we call to give. Number one, uh, because God commands us to give. Number two, because tithe blesses the recipient. And finally, because the tithe blesses the giver. Don't get mad at the givers that are in this church. Because God has already set up for them to be blessed every year. During the year. The beginning of the year. The end of the year. In the process of the year. And he's already setting it up three years down the road. Because he knows that he can trust him to obey him at all times. Is that you? Am I talking about you right now? So some of you have been struggling with finding the purpose of your life. Uh-huh. You're seeking for purpose. But you're coming up empty every time. Let me share with you. Who provides that purpose and meaning? That is Jesus. Jesus said in John 10 and 10, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The thief come to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Now, I don't know nobody that don't want to have abundant life. I don't know nobody that don't want God to smile on their life. And that's the reason why I like the song, 
God has smiled on me. He has set me free. Is there anybody here been freed by their giving? I'm here to tell you I'm living color. When I reached my hallelujah, I've been in places where I reached where I didn't have nothing to eat. But I've obeyed God by giving. You remember the time, First Lady, we had gave what God told us to give. And we didn't have anything to eat. But here comes somebody knocking on the door. Because somebody referred uh-huh, us to them and all we had to do was listen to a presentation. Uh, and the man gave us $40. We were jumping and shouting that when we were early in our you know, 19 and 20, uh, 19, 21, where, when we were really young, when we didn't have much. We had borrowed furniture, you know, and we didn't have much, you know, the furniture we had, and you try to slide across it, it'll cut you. You can't slide. You got to get up and move to the other side. You know what I'm saying? That kind of stuff. But uh, I've been there. 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 But I got some good stuff now. I got some good stuff now. God done raised me up because of my obedience. Now I can give away furniture and buy me some new furniture. Ain't God good? Don't get jealous. Just do what I do. Obey God. And he'll bless your socks up. But Bishop, I don't wear socks. He'll bless your bare legs. Yes. I know it for a fact. I would never in for the rest of my life ever rob God. Because he's been so good to me. I can't tell y'all all the blessings that he's done. Stuff that I didn't see coming, he gave me that too. Above and beyond, I can even ask or think. I ain't even thinking about something and God just say, here, take this. Y'all know what that is? That's the spillover. That's the God that gives you more than enough. That's the overflow God. Anybody serve the overflow God? Talk somebody say, I serve the overflow God. And when it run over, I got a tendency of blessing other people. Where are you when you get to run over? You looking for somebody to bless. I'm here to tell you that God is about to bless your life. That you're going to be looking for somebody to bless. I was just eating uh, the up yesterday. And some people were behind me. Uh, you know, a missed couple. And, and God said, just turn around and grab the bill. <laughs> I turned around and got the bill out of the guy here. He's standing there looking like this here, right here. Had tattoos all up and down. He just, he was just shocked. He never had nobody. He said, man, I told him, I said, man, God told me to bless y'all there and pay for y'all meal. And, and they just, they're just standing there like, you know, what just happened? Because people ain't used to you just blessing them just to bless them. Well, God going to bless you so much so until you go look for folk to bless. I got maybe about four of y'all that re that's receiving this. Would you help me preach this and look down the road and say, God going to bless your soul that you're going to look for folk to bless because you got more than enough. You got the run over. You got the spill over. You got more than you can use. And God want to use you to bless somebody else. Y'all ain't talking like I'm talking.
So I'm looking for the blessing to run over in your life. Come on, speak it to somebody. Say, I'm looking for the blessing to run over in your life. Because God can trust you with more. Can he trust you with more? Say, he can trust me with more. I believe more is coming my way because I'm going to obey God. The more he gives me, I'm going to obey God. The more he gives me, I'm going to trust God. I need some more now. And God's got attention. He's got the tendency of giving you extra. Will you tell your neighbor, if you are the obedient one, God will. Tell him that if you're the obedient one, God will give you more. God will give you extra. I, I see extra. Come on, preach to him. Say, I see extra in your future. I, I see extra coming your way. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm getting ready to go to my seat. But God knows how to bless the blesser. Can you say amen? So God wants to bless you. And the question is, will you let him? Wave your hand down and say, will you let him? Let use this time as a time of prayer where you'll tell God you want to follow him and that you're willing to trust him in every part of your life. That it might be the day uh, where you commit your life uh, to giving God all you got. Uh, can you say amen? Uh, please, please, please uh, don't be mad with us uh, because of our obedience. Uh, please don't be upset with us uh, because we're recipients. Uh, please don't be mad with us uh, because God know how to bless the blesser. Uh, can you say amen? Uh, Looking at some folks in here, your blessing level about to increase. You about to go to the next level because of your obedience. It's not about how much you have, but about how much obedience you got. The more you obey, the more God gives to you. The more you obey, the more God raise you up. The more you obey. The more God heals your body, the more you obey, the more he blesses your areas. Can you say amen? Yeah! Yeah! Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I'm about to be blessed more, and I want you to be blessed too. Tell him again, say, neighbor, I'm about to be blessed more, more. It's coming my way, and I want you to be blessed too. Let's get blessed together because of our obedience. Can you shout glory? Yes, yeah. I thank God to be in a blessed church, to be in a winning church, to be in an obedient church. I thank God that the blessing will never leave our house. When we trust God with our tithes and offerings, shout glory.
blessings. Now y'all have a good day. Go on with your blessed self. Go on with your obedient self. Go on with your healthy self. Go on with your wealthy self. Go ahead and share with the world that you know a God that can bless your life if you be obedient. Shout glory. Yes. Yes. I thank God for bringing me all the way to where I am now. I don't go back to where I was of disobedience, of being down. God done brought me too far for me to turn around now. Turn somebody say, I don't go back. I won't turn around now. I can't go back now. I got to move forward. I got to move upward. I got to obey God. I got to obey God. I got to, I got to, I got to. My prayer is that you will never look at giving the same. As we teach these lessons, that you will never look at it the same. Because it's an unselfish act. Jesus gave his life because it was an unselfish act. God gave his son because it was an unselfish act. When you give, it's an unselfish You give out of obedience and not out of your feelings. Everybody's standing. I'm done. I don't know if I've done enough, but I'm done, though. For the day I am. For right now. You know, the, the sad thing is that when you get good word like this and then people leave out like ain't nothing, God ain't said nothing to them. I mean, all these people in here from, from up here in the pulpit, musician corner, and my, you know, my, my amen corner over here, and you in the audience here. You come in here a word like this and then, you know, if God is challenging you to do more, you sit there like, uh, I guess he's talking to somebody else today. No, no, no. He's talking to us. He's talking to you. I guarantee you everybody in here can find an area that they can improve in. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. Now, it's up to you to do it. It's up to me. I, I got to, to be accountable for me. And you got to be accountable for you. Amen. And it's good to have a good partner. Maybe not, maybe a married partner, but somebody you talk to all the time, that y'all keep each other accountable. See, for a lady, make sure she keep me accountable and I keep her accountable. Amen. Now, she's saved for real. She ain't playing. She ain't playing. She ain't playing the radio when it comes to her God. Now, I ain't, I, that's all I got to tell you. She's saved for real. I might let you slide. She ain't letting you slide. Amen. I'm just messing with <laughs> 
She do give grace, though. Amen. But anyway, she for real safe. She going to pray. She going to read her word. She going to give. And she will give on top of giving. Amen. Everything she got to do as a Christian, she going to do it. And then she's going to challenge everybody around her to do it. Now, I, I know we should be, you know, uh, uh, you know, be around the unsaved to witness to her. But I don't even know if she have any unsaved friends uh, uh, like that. She got some unsaved uh, uh, family members, relatives. But, 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 but if you stay around her long, you're going to be saved. She come in the presence of a non-believer. You got one or two times to cuss. After that, it's over. <laughs> Play with it. See, I've been in the military. I might sit there and listen to him. You know, she ain't listening to none of that. Amen. But we gotta obey God. We got. He commands us to obey Him. And you know, such is life. Things don't always go your way and you're doing what you want to do in church and your ministry might get a little challenged and everything else like that. You know, and you might not understand how what the avenue God gets. Such is life. You don't stop obeying God because things not going your way. I ain't giving no more. Who you hurting? I ain't coming to prayer no more. Who you hurting? I ain't coming to Bible study. Who you hurting? You hurt yourself. You hurt yourself. And you know what I say? Ain't nobody that important that I got to act up on God. Ain't nobody that important. You are not that important for me to stop praying. You're not that important for me to stop praising. You're not that important for me to stop reading my Bible. You're not that important for me to stop coming to church. Yeah, because you come and, oh, they here. I'm turning around going, uh-uh. Uh-uh. You are not that important. I got to still obey God. He commands and demands our obedience. It's not even about the money. It's about your obedience. Obedience will bring you more money. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? You, you, better, you, better, you better check yourself. That's certain group people, you know, you say, you know, and, 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 you know, y'all forgive me now. I ain't trying to pick on y'all, but as a whole, it's not everybody. As a whole. What did I just say? But as a whole, musicians and beauticians don't never have any money. Because they can get it quick and they spend it quick. Because they know they can get it quick. But they don't save up for themselves. See, I, it got quiet right there. I know what I'm talking about because I was a musician for a long time. Sung in quartet groups and all that stuff. 
We go out, we do our little gigs and everything, get our little money, and then we don't have nothing. I done been there, done all that. Hallelujah. But you got to obey God. All of we be out here, you know, just singing in the quartet group, got all our matching suits and handkerchiefs and shoes like the right and everything else. And then, you know, we get all the money. We ain't thinking about tithing. We just on the road robbing God. Now you singing, you going to God's house, getting God's money, and you turn around and rob him as he give you. What sense that make? See, it got quiet right there. I hit a nerve right there. Huh? There are churches where deacons take up the money, but they ain't giving none themselves. Ain't giving nothing. But that getting on everybody's nerve, that's what they give you, nerve problems. But won't give nothing. The days for all that stuff got to stop. Everybody got to give. Everybody got to give them. Everybody got to be blessed. Did I say everybody? everybody? He said the whole nation was cursed because folk were thinking the same way. Not at the winning church. We're going to think differently. Because we are taught better. We should do better. We've been taught better. All right. Bow your head. Close your eyes. Let me